break my fears wake my heart and take my tears find your glory even here praise the lord Thank you. Give Jesus a hand clap. Testing. I want y'all to give John another round of applause. John, that was awesome. And that was truly heartfelt. You know, even if your preacher, he, he doesn't sing very good, but he sings from the heart, and that's all that matters. But, John, you sounded awesome. Okay. He knows how much sand is on the shore He sees every sparrow that falls He made the mountains and the seas He's in control of everything Of all the creatures great and small He knows my name Every step that I take Every move that I make, every tear that I cry, He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain. Can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine, cause He knows my name. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. What's in store? I don't know a lot of things. Don't have all the answers to the questions of life, but I know in who I have believed. He knows my name, every step that I take, every move that I make. Every tear that I cry, He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain. Can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine, cause He knows my name. He knew who I was when He carried my cross. He knew that I would fail him, but he took the loss. He knows my name, every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry. He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain. See the light of day, I'll be just fine, cause he knows my name. 
every step that I make, every tear that I cry, He knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by the pain, can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine. Cause He knows my name, every step that I Every move that I make, every tear that I cry. Yeah, God is good. You know, I was thinking about it as I was getting ready tonight trying to pull you guys back in and thinking about those that didn't get to come last week and those that are here for the first time. We're in a series called The Mark of a Mature Christian. Let me ask you a real honest question tonight. Have you ever wanted to look somebody in the face and have the guts to tell that person to grow up? Really, honestly, have you ever just wanted to look somebody in the face, put your cowboy hat down and say, you need to grow up? People are not telling people to grow up anymore. Can I say this to you? Why? Because there's too many childish adults out there. There's too many childish adults out there. They think that if they make enough money and they get enough toys and they can still play and this and that and the other, God didn't call us to play games. I take my relationship, number one, with God, serious. Number two, with my family, serious. Number three, with my walk with Jesus Christ, my work, serious. I take my friends, serious. I, you got to get serious, brothers and sisters, and grow up. People don't want to grow up anymore. God wants us to grow up and not stay that, that, that immature Christian, that Christian that just calls on him every now and again that goes to church every now and again that comes when they need something we all i'm gonna be honest with you tonight this is english easy to understand but hard to swallow if you're that person well if it steps on your toes you're in the right spot you need to hear it the marks of a mature christian we started this series and i thought we got a lot out of it last night last week amen because without a doubt, the biggest problem we have in the church today is spiritual maturity. Who would agree with me tonight? We need to grow up. Paul scolded the Corinthian church. We learned that last week. They told him he needed to grow up. He said that they were acting as babies, that they needed to grow up. There's a time where we all have to grow up. 1 Corinthians 3, got my Bible? 1 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3. Go there with me real quick. I'm just going to recap and fill in all those that weren't here last week and just kind of revamp. If you're taking notes, follow along. I, I, I lost my sermon. I, I threw away a bunch of stuff up here, and uh, Mary had to get her notes out so I could find where I saved it on my computer. So we're in a series, and we're going to stick with it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. 
for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and division amongst you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul tells them to grow up. God's will for your life and for my life is to grow up. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, Pastor Mark, I liked when we used to come to church and you'd break open the Bible and you'd read one little verse out of that Bible and you'd preach about 10 minutes and you'd let us go home. We was out of here in 15, 20 minutes. He said, I used to love those good old days. Now you're keeping us for an hour and 15 minutes, Pastor Mark. I said, hey, dummy, I didn't know how to preach back then. <laughs> I had to grow up. I had to learn. One time I brought Pastor Collier over for a, for, for a revival, and, and, and man, he preached the house down that night. And lady caught me after church and said, I sure wish you could preach like him. Hurt my feelings, man. I got feelings too. I really did. I, I, was, I was upset. Me and Pastor Collier went with Brother Joe, and we played golf the next day. And I said, you ain't going to believe what this woman told me. He said, what? And I, and I said, she said she wished I could preach like you. He said, you ain't supposed to preach like me. You're supposed to preach like Mark Grimes. You ain't been preaching 38 years. I've been preaching 38 years. God wants to grow us up. Not just preachers, not just teachers, not just Sunday school workers, but as a church. We have an amazing church here with an amazing core group with some amazing people who will give their time, talent. I've never, listen to me, listen to me. I have never in my life seen a church like this anywhere on the planet where they'll stop what they're doing and people will come cut your tree down, help you, move you, fix your place, do kinds of things I've seen this church body do. So it's an amazing place with people that are growing up. I've seen people walk into this place and never do another drug, never drink another beer, never tell another lie. Because they've grown up. They growed up. God got a hold of them. Can I say this to you tonight? For you to grow up, God's got to get a hold of you. Because God got a hold of you tonight. Because I can tell you, when I start acting immature, when I start doing immature things, the Holy Spirit comes and tells me, hey, you need to grow up. Y'all not do that. Y'all not think that. Nobody's perfect. That's still not an excuse to act like an immature person. Who's God talking to? Quit pointing at yourself. I see you. <laughs> Paul tells them to grow up. God wants them to grow up because spiritual immaturity causes all kinds of problems. God's will for your life and my life and everybody's life in this church is to grow up. One of the purposes of the church, especially Caney Creek Cowboy Church, is to help you grow up spiritual, find some maturity. I told you last week what sp spiritual maturity is not. It's not your age. No matter how old you are, you still act like a baby. Some of the worst Christians I ever met were in their 60s and 70s. Some of the worst Christians I ever met were in their 40s and 50s. Some of the strongest Christians I ever met, I met them over at the Lamb Center. 
I met them out there in the teenage room, out there with my weird teens. I got some teenagers out there that will just pray you to heaven. I promise you. They're over there right now praying for you. If you if you got a kid over there, I promise you, they over there right now. There's some strong kids over there that pray for their moms and dads day and night around the corner. They pray for their pastor. They text me stuff, say, Pastor, I'm praying for you, Pastor. If, I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I sometimes I, I sometimes get overwhelmed when I put a prayer request out there for somebody, and I might have six or ten or twelve uh, adults reply, but I got fifteen kids that say, "We're praying, Pastor. We're praying, Pastor. We're praying, Pastor." Spiritual maturity is not a matter of age. I taught you that last week. So no matter how old you are, spiritual maturity is not a matter of appearance. You can carry the biggest Bible in the church. That don't mean you live by it. You can know the King James Bible backwards and forwards, frontwards and backwards, do all the these and thous and those, quote it. That still don't make you a mature person. If you're looking down on other people, if you're judging other people, if you're slandering other people, if you act like you're better than other people, it's not a matter of appearance. You can put on a big suit and tie it don't make you no more of a Christian. Joyce Myers said it best. She said, if I go into the garage, that don't make me a car. <laughs> if I go into the church, that don't make me a Christian. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of appearance. I've I, I seen some people that look real mature. Then they opened their mouth and they removed all doubt. Some people look holy. They got peace fishes on their cars and they got crosses hanging from their neck and this and that and the other. But the moment they don't get their way, they flipping you off and trying to run you off the road and talking about you all over Facebook. It's not a matter of appearance, cowboys and cowgirls. When I first came to Caney Creek Cowboy Church and God gave me a dooley, I had a big old dooley. I wrapped it. Remember that, Holly? I wrapped it up, man. I had Caney Creek Cowboy Church all over it. I had it on the back wind. I had it all over up and down the side. I looked like one of them professional cowboys, but it said, follow me to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. And then I had a road rage issue. <laughs> and people were calling in on me. <laughs> then I had a line issue. I'll talk to them. Yeah, I'll talk to them. I don't know who that is. I'll talk to them, though. I don't know. I had to get that stuff off that truck. I had issues. I was thinking about that last night as I was studying, and I saw over in Cut and Shoot where somebody got five shots in their cars over road rage. Is it that big a deal if somebody goes around you? Is it that big a deal to lose your life if somebody shoots you the bird or whatever? A spiritually mature person, they'll turn the other cheek no matter what. And some of you need to hear that. Touch three people and say, turn the other cheek. I learned that last week we learned that spiritual maturity is not a matter of achievements. You can have all kinds of plaques on the wall. You can go to seminary. You can do all kinds of things. But all those diplomas hanging on the wall don't make you no more mature than the next guy sitting next to you in church. I read a book by Dr. R. Rice. Listen to me. If you're talking in church, tell him to shut up. Uh, did I say shut up in church? My wife always gets mad when I do that. I don't want somebody to miss it. You know what I'm saying? So shut up. And... uh. 
Spiritual maturity. I read a book by Dr. R. Rice. It said this. It said, life in the rearview mirror. It talked about this guy who had all these accolades on the wall. He had, he had doctor's degrees. He had, he, had, he had done so much so much of his achievements. They all hung on his wall. And when people would come into his office and they would sit back and he'd sit behind his desk and he'd say, look at all the things that I've achieved in my life. When he died... They pulled all that stuff off the wall. They stuck it in a box and they sold those diplomas for 25 cents a piece at a garage sale. So all your achievements won't get you to heaven. Your relationship with Jesus Christ will get you to heaven. Somebody grab that tonight. James is a manual how we become spiritually mature. I told you what is the mark of a, a spiritual mature person is their attitude and their character. What is the mark of a mature Christian? Now grab that tonight. Tattoo that in your brain. The marks of a mature Christian is their attitude and their character. Who believes that with me tonight? It's attitude and character. D.L. Moody said, character is what you are in the dark when nobody's around. Recognition is what people say about you. Character is what God knows about you. God says it's your attitude and your character that determines who you are. I, I say this tonight. I, I think some people, I, I guess I'll just be a little cowboy here and need an attitude adjustment. Hey, don't do nothing tonight. Slow down. How many believe that tonight? That some people, I see y'all, some of y'all pulling y'all's pocket knives out and saying, man, Pastor, I'm ready to rock. Let's get this thing on. But some people need an added spiritual adjustment. They need to come to church, and they need to hear a message like this because we need to reevaluate ourselves. That's why we got to go to revivals. That's why we got to get involved in other ministries. we got to get around other people that love Jesus, and, and we got to get away from people that don't love Jesus. Who believes that? It's very important. Amen? I mean, I'm not saying don't go win souls to Christ. I'm not saying that. Don't send me an email. But what I'm saying is as you grow up, your circle gets smaller because the people that you can really, really, really go to about some real things in life are spiritually strong. They love God. They serve God. You can see it in their character. You can see it in their attitude. I, I, I've seen it in my own eyes with Brother Lyle, with Brother Larry, with Brother Vic. I've seen it in my own eyes and Brother Joe. These, these things come at them. They get attacked just like you. A spiritually mature person, they get attacked too. Watch their character. Watch their attitude. See where they are. I'm around some good people. I've seen pass the test. Persevere. They're headed towards the finish line. Paul says, finish that race. They're headed towards the finish line. And they know to get across that finish line, they've got to have a good attitude and good character. I told someone the other day, you, it ain't about the money for me. It's about hearing these words, my well done, my good and faithful servant. That means more to me than anything. To be able to stand in line at the pearly gates, I can see them, and they call me by name. Hey, you, come on up to the front line. I know you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Character is what God knows about you. In the book of James, we have a manual of spiritual maturity. We're on a, we're on a, we're on a quest. Can, say quest. Quest. 
We're on a quest to get you more mature and to get this church more mature. Every one of us more mature. I'm glad that we got some 18-year-olds in the house of God tonight. I'm glad we got some 15, 16-year-olds in here. And I'm glad we got some grandmas and grandpas in here tonight. Because we're on a quest. We're on a, we're on a journey to, to grow you up in God. If you don't need to grow up in God, this, this, this is probably not for you. This is probably not for you. Why are you coming? There's no get-out-of-jail-free cards or get-out-of-hell-free cards. I can say this, God is looking for great things out of each and every one of you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, God is concerned about your future, about your character. Right now, right now. James is a manual on how to become spiritually mature, a spiritual mature person. I, I, I'm just going to recap. I'm almost to the new, so hold on with me if you're writing this down. Say, he talked about that last week. I'm just recapping. A spiritual mature person is positive under pressure. Look at James 1, 2 through 4. Got my Bible? Look and let's see what James says. James 1. Two through four. I'm going to ask you tonight, do you, speak, do you seek spiritual maturity in your life? Do you seek it as a Christian couple, as a mom, as a father? James is our manual. James is the first book in the Bible I ever read. It's my favorite book in the Bible is James. James was the half-brother of Jesus. Same mama, different daddy. I just like to say that. James humbled himself under Jesus. And God used him to give us this wisdom. And I want to say this to you. Look and see what he says. My brother, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. On your road to spiritual maturity, God don't want you to lack anything. Ain't that good how good God is, Carl? He don't want us to lack nothing. He wants to give us everything we need. Every tool we need to build a house. Every resource we need to get a church done. God says, I'm here, Brother Mark. You're not going to lack nothing. Whatever you're going through tonight, God says, hey, you're not going to lack anything. I got your best interest at heart. A mature person, a mature Christian, they understand that with God, he supplies everything they need to get through any trial. Hey, if you're not in a trial right now, hold on. One's coming your way. They say you're either going out of one or you're coming back in one. I talked to a pastor one time. He said, Brother Mark, I don't ever have problems like you got at Caney Creek. I've never had issues like you've had at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. A year later, he was on the run. He was running from his trouble. Listen to me. When you have God, you don't have to run from your trouble. Come on, somebody. 
Because as they line up, as they line up, I'm doing a sermon on Sunday on pride. Everyone needs to come. as, As they line up against you, God will give you every weapon to fight back. You lack nothing. He tells us in James to count it all joy. No matter what it is, you ain't got to be nervous. You ain't got to grumble. You ain't got to gripe. You don't have to get caught up in the bad stuff. You don't have to blow it all out of proportion. The first test of a spiritual maturity is how do you act under pressure? James says to count it all joy. So if you're being squeezed tonight, have you smiled about it? It ain't easy to smile about it when you're just being squeezed. I told you what I do. I just turn it all over to him. When I have those weak moments, when I get frustrated, I have to turn it all over to him so I can find my joy, so I can find my, find my peace. If not, I go crazy. Y'all seen me crazy sometimes. I would go nuts. I would run into a loony bin as fast as I could. But all right, some of you should be dead by now. Some of you should be back hitting the drugs again, hitting the bottle again. But you found a way to release. And you release to the Lord because the Bible says bring all your burdens, even the heaviest ones. That's good stuff. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. Amen. (laughs) Count it all joy. He goes to church, but his attitude stinks. She goes to church, but her attitude stinks. A spiritual mature person is positive under pressure. They don't cry about stuff. They don't whine about stuff. They pray about stuff. They have accountability partners, people that they can pray with that's not going to judge them, people that will love them right where they are, people that will tell them the truth. And here's where we are tonight, number two. Listen, anybody getting anything out of this? It's good stuff, amen. Number two. A spiritual mature person is sensitive to other people's needs. Who believes that tonight? Can I ask you a question, a real question? Don't you love the way you love people now? A spiritually, a mark of a spiritually mature person is it's not always about them anymore. They've learned to love others as God loves them. They've learned to love others, accept others. No matter what kind of car they drive, where they're from, what their past says. I remember one time that, <laughs> I'm not going to call nobody's name, but, I, I, well, maybe I will. Hold on. Let me see. And I just rolled it around up here. I was trying to come out here. But uh, one time, a brother of mine, we were, we were, we were doing a men's retreat. And uh, years and years and years ago, the brother in our church, he had, he had got in an altercation with this family. And he had actually hurt a couple of the brothers in the family. And we're doing a men's retreat. We're doing a men's conference. And there's another man in the church. And we don't know everybody. But this brother says his name. The other brother hears his name. And all of a sudden, it starts rolodexing in his head. I knew this guy from a long time. You're the one that hurt my brother. You're the one that jumped on. You're the one. Man, 
my friend, he's like 60 years old. He's like, dude, I don't duke it out like I used to duke it out anymore. He's bringing it all up. He's showing up. You know what? By the end of the men's conference, those men were sitting together. They were fellowshipping together. They were loving one another because it wasn't about themselves anymore. It was about something greater, their relationship with God. It was great. It was great that that, that, that brother said, that brother said, I'm not that person anymore. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Yeah, I was I done a lot of stuff and I love you. Hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Can I say this to you? I've done a lot of bad stuff in my life. I still don't sit with my back to a door. I still watch that door. I still watch around. You know, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better at that because now I know that God has my back and my front. As I grow up in Christ, I know that God protects me and provides for me. And listen to me. I don't want to get off course here. Listen, the Bible says this. A spiritual mature person is, is sensitive to other people's needs. If somebody came at me right now, if somebody came at you right now that you had a problem with in your past, can you love them? Can you go to church with them? Can you forgive them? The mark of a spiritual mature person will turn the other cheek and love that person and want to see them it is not God's will that anyone should perish I don't want my worst enemy to go to hell if you do there's something wrong with you I said that at a conference I was speaking at and there was a lot of women there who had been molested and been, been abused by their family or something happened to them they were dropped I'd preach a message if you're dropped God will pick you up and a lot of those women came up to me after church just broken, and I really didn't know what to say really one-on-one, -on -one, but that Jesus will heal your heart. Forgiveness is not for that other person. It's really for you. If you just let him have it, if you just turn it over to him. That's, that, 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 to me, is greater than putting my hands on somebody. I want to go back to my old self anymore. I don't need pills to help me. I got God to help me. I don't need a joint to help me. I got God to help me. I don't need a beer to help me. I got God to help me. And God helps me love people. And God will help you love people. That crazy neighbor you've been fighting with over 30 years, throw a Gideon Bible at him next time soon. <laughs> You never know. A spiritually mature person is sensitive to other people's needs. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. James 2.8 says, love your neighbor as yourself. Is there anybody in this church that you have a problem with? You need to go to that person tonight, your neighbor, and love them like you love yourself. If you have a problem with anybody in this world, you need to love them as you love yourself. Let that stuff go. God wants you to grow up. A spiritually mature person is sensitive to the needs of those who are around them. A spiritually mature person doesn't just see their own needs. They are also aware of the needs of others. Uh, uh, man, when we took up our others offering, did you put something in? Did you put something in? Did you have it to give, but you held on to it? What if it was you? 
What if it was you on the other side of that coin? What if you got laid off? Wouldn't you want someone to come to your need? God's coming to those people's needs. And he comes to your needs and my needs. He does that through people. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. I tell you all that all the time. When I touch you, when I say I love you, when I go out of my way to hold you and hug you, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. When you work and you serve, I tell people a lot of times, a lot of people can't, can't be preachers, pastors, teachers, but they can open the gate and let a bull out. And by doing that, you're saying, I love you, brother. I'm glad you're at church tonight riding bulls. I can let the steer out. I can laugh at you when you come in and your horse is bucking you off. I love you, brother. It's a good feeling to love your neighbor. Not to hold no grudges. Be angry all the time. There's a certain handful of people that are angry all the time. You don't have to be. You choose to be. A spiritually mature person says, I can't help what my dad did to me. I can't help what my divorced husband did to me or my divorced wife did to me. I can't help what happened to me, but I can get up today and change the way I see life. Life is short. I tell people all the time, I'd love to go back to 16, but I wouldn't go back unless I know what I know now. Because life is hard, and life is short, and life is precious. And if you walk around angry all the time, you know who you are. You're never going to get ahead. That's good stuff. God tells us that love is being concerned about other people. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. James tells us not to show favoritism. Don't be a snob. Don't be rude. Don't look down on other people. Don't judge by their appearance. Don't insult other people. Don't talk about people. You see the second test of spiritual maturity is how do you treat other people? I don't want to be associated with people that treat other people ugly. Do you? Do you? Do you want to be associated with people that treat other people ugly? Heck no. That was the past. I'm done with the past. I'm headed to the future, to the finish line. I don't want to treat anybody ugly. Can I say this to you? I know God's forgiven me of my sins. There's a lot of guilt I have that I deal with every day. I know God's forgiven me. But there's some scars, brothers and sisters. I'm so glad I am who I am today. Because I wasn't always this nice. And you guys probably can say the same thing about yourself. Change! Change is good. Changing and becoming more mature is really good. Paul says, I can build a church. I can write a book. I can put it on a Christian CD. I can give you all my money for mission works, but if I don't have love, all I'm doing is tooting my own horn. See, if you can do all those things, you can come to church, you can be the richest tither in church, you can be on a ministry, but if you don't love people, you're just tooting your own horn. God is love. And he loves us. He wants us to love our neighbor. You see, the second test of spiritual maturity is how I treat other people. 
I wanted to get through three, so let me get through three and I'll be done. The third mark of a spiritual mature person is, oh, I love this one. Hold on, man. Hold on. Joe, <laughs> chain the back door. Chain the back door, brother. Where is Joe? Are you back there? Wave your hand. You got your gun tonight. Don't let anybody leave. A spiritually mature person masters their mouth. Masters their mouth. Touch three people and say, master your mouth. I love what I found here in James. Turn with me to James 3. James 3, you got my Bible? That's good stuff. I think God is talking to y'all. And me. I love to throw myself in there too. A spiritually mature person is a master of his own mouth. James 3, 2 says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. In World War II, there was a saying that loose lips sink ships. Not only do loose lips destroy ships, they destroy lives. I'm so glad that we're partnering with this brother's ministry right here because too many times we open our mouths and we allow the devil into our marriage through the words we say that are so ugly. Can I say this to you? God knows how you really treat your husband. God knows how you really think about your wife. God knows what you really think about me. God knows what I really think about you. God knows everything. And he knows that we need to get a handle on our mouths. And if we don't get a handle on our mouths, we're going to be immature. Something one time, somebody told me, said, you can tell sometimes that somebody is smart or not because they'll open their mouth and remove all doubt if they're dumb or stupid or, or crazy. Someone used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will ever hurt me. Whoever said that's a liar? Because words hurt. They're important. They're so important that God says that we need to watch our mouths, watch what comes out of our mouth. That's what James tells us. We should be very careful in what we say, and if we can control what comes out of our mouth, we can control the whole body. Huh? That's good stuff. Let me read it for you again. For we stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. We should be very careful in what we say, and if we can control our mouth, we can control the whole body. One of the most destructive things is we can gossip. Here's the definition of gossip. Hearing something you like about someone you don't. Did you hear that? Hearing something you like about someone you don't like and going out and repeating it. Going out and spreading untruths and false truths. If you do that, I promise you, you're going to go to God's woodshed. I've seen God just Deal with people over and over again. 
because of this little thing called the tongue. It's a dangerous thing. It's a two-edged sword, someone said. Hearing something you like about someone you don't, gossip is a mouth-to-mouth disease. Wouldn't it be cool if, if, if the person that gossips all the time had a big canker sore on their lip all the time? And then you could say, kind of like Pinocchio, you knew, you knew that they were gossiping because they had their, something on their lip. When we write the next Bible, we're going to put that in there. Gossip is dangerous. You know, I can say something right now about Rayford. I can say something right now about Rayford. I can go over there and I can tell Benny about Rayford. And Benny can go and tell what I told him to Brother Scott. Brother Scott don't like Rayford in the first place. Just letting you in, he does. Scott twisted up a little bit. Tells it over there to, to Brother Mike. Mike tells it over here to, to Bobby, and Bobby's had a confrontation with Rayford. Next thing you know, it gets back to Rayford that everybody's talking about him, and here's what they're saying, and it was never the truth. Rayford leaves the church. He didn't give his heart to God yet. Rafer left the church. He didn't give his heart to God yet. He, he don't know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. But because of your gossip, because of your lies, because of you spreading things, Rafer leaves the church and decides he's going to go to another church, but he never makes it through the door because he judges the whole church over the actions of one gossiper. And then Rafer, going home from work, smiling and profiling, think he's got it all together, gets in a car wreck, dies and goes to hell. Because he don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because one gossiper ruined it for him. Gossip is serious. Grab that. If somebody comes and talks to you about me, tell them to keep their mouth shut. Or bring them to me. Man, I'm telling you, in 2010 and 2011, I wasn't the same guy. I, I changed. If somebody was talking about somebody, I just grabbed them and took them with me. Hey, hey, he said this about you. What you got to say? He said you were talking about me. You know what? It scared the pee out of some people. Yeah, I said pee. I wanted to say something else, but it stopped right there. It scared the mess out of them. And I'm glad it did because you should confront that nonsense. Because what I think, serious, and I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. What I think about a gossiper, someone that whispers and talks about you behind the back, they're a coward. They're a coward. They're a coward. They'll say, oh, such and such said this about you. When really it was them that was saying it about you. <laughs> they'll bring five or six with them and they'll say, oh, uh, we got a problem with you. <laughs> I'm glad you brought five or six. You're going to need them. <laughs> Can I say this? When you are offended, when I'm offended, we need to wrestle not against each other, but against Satan and know that he is a liar. He is a liar. 
He'll do anything he can to break up this church, break up our relationship, destroy us. I thank God for those ones that are bold and courageous and can come and put their arms around you and say, Brother, I heard this. Is it true? Brother, did this happen? Is it, is it the truth? A small rotor on a boat is designed to control the whole direction of the boat. Your tongue is small, but it has a huge impact on your life. What you say can destroy a life like Rayford's. You can use your mouth for words of encouragement, or you can use your mouth to spread words of discouragement, or you can use your mouth to lift up people. Have you ever heard someone say, I just say what's on my mind? Those people scare the mess out of me. I usually don't have them in a leadership role in my church. If I find out that they just pop off at the mouth, I try to stay away from them. Or if you see me working with them because I see hope in them, I don't want to give up on them. But people, can I say this to you? If you just pop off at the mouth and you say, just take me as I am. I'll say whatever I want. If you like me, good. If you don't, you don't. That's the most immature person in the building. That's good stuff, man. Have you ever heard someone say, I just say what's on my mind? And then they act like they're proud of it. In my grandma's day, they would wash your mouth out with soap if they say some of the stuff they say. There is no respect at a restaurant. The table over can just be cussing like a sailor, ugly, cussing, hollering, fighting. There's no respect at the convenience store. And a lot of times there's no respect in the home because we allow that stuff to come in. Let me say this. I'll pass out lye soap if you'll use it. Lye soap don't taste no good. I got my fair chair chewing on it. That's the truth. We got popped in the mouth. When we didn't respect our elders. We got popped in the mouth. And then they come up with this thing called child abuse. No, we just had big lips back then. <laughs> I dare you to call 911. <laughs> I had someone one day, the other day, it was about three or four weeks ago, they come up to me and said, Pastor, oh, such and such. I just seen them pop their kid upside the back of the head. Really? Was he still standing? Yeah, but I don't think that's right. That's abuse. I said, hmm. Where are your kids? One of them's in jail. One of them's got five babies and no daddy. You should have probably popped that son of a gun upside the head a couple of times. <laughs> I don't promote child abuse. I'm just kidding. But in my day, in some of your days, if you opened your mouth, you got dealt with. And I think that was okay because that was biblical. A mouth can turn a whole boat, ruin a whole family. The mark of a mature person, you're learning to manage your mouth. Touch three people and say, I'm learning to manage my mouth. Hey, go here and I'll be done. I promise we'll pray. Go here, I, I, I promise we'll pray. Ephesians 4.29, and I'm done. 
I found this in the Message Bible. You don't have to like the Message Bible, but sometimes it just says what it needs to say. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.29. Got my Bible? I'm going to read this. I'm going to be done. I love this version. Everybody's there, say amen. Amen. You're not there, say wait on me. Okay. I ain't going to leave you. Ephesians 4.29 says this in the Message Bible. I don't know what it says in the, in the NLV or the NIV. It says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. Each word is a gift. Each word is a gift. Just say that in your Bible. Each word is a gift. Each word you speak should lift somebody up, not tear somebody down. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this group that's coming, Father. Father, may they leave out of here changed tonight. Someone told me the other day, said, I love coming to this church, Pastor Mark. I said, why is that? Because you step all over my toes. I don't know what that means because I've never really stepped on anybody's toes. But I know that the word of God is not offensive. It's life-changing. A brother of mine, I called him about a situation I need to embark on. And he said, Brother Mark, the word of God is not offensive. It's life-changing. So if we're talking about stuff that you need to change in your life, let God be about those areas. Let God be about those areas. I've only been walking with the Lord 10 years. There's a lot of you have been walking with the Lord a lot longer than me. I'm still a work in progress. But Lord, please help me to grow. And please help this church body to grow. Lord, we want to be rich in maturity. That others will know we're serious about our walk with you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord, bind up every evil word that's ever been spoken about anybody in this church and throw it back in the pits of hell where it belongs. We cover this in the blood of Jesus. And we leave out of here tonight, every one of us, every one of us, say that with me, every one of us. So if you didn't say it, you're going to be left out. Say it again, every one of us. Leave out of here more mature. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.